Welcome to the Everton Aren't We podcast, sponsored by Manscaped. My name is John. I'm joined by Graham, Andrew, and Shane, and uh, we're just going to do the weekly, as well as a little Liverpool preview as well. Um, but we'll just start off with some news surrounding Manchester City first of all, because we don't know how the implications are going to affect us further down the line if things start to uh, get uncovered. So. Obviously, Manchester City have been found to have breached over 100 FFP rules. Um, what that means for us eventually, I don't know, but we never know. Um, so the Premier League, Graeme, I'll ask you first, mate, how, how do you feel about the whole uh, Manchester City situation and, and the Premier League obviously trying to keep this monopoly at the top? And it, I think they're looking at Manchester City as kind of the new kids on the block kind of thing. And it's just a bit of a mess, isn't it? Yeah, um, as I say, that's a Man City affair. Ultimately, it does affect us to an extent, as we are members of, the, of that league, which they're benefiting from these alleged breaches of of rules. Um, I think, in terms there of could they go for them? I think of all the you know they they love they call it the Sky Six. Let's not forget, you know, they, they called it the, 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 the Sky 4 beforehand, you know. So I think if it was going to be someone um, that they actually would pull the trigger on or go after, um, in my opinion, it would be Man City. So Because they wouldn't want to touch their darlings Manchester United or their other darlings, you know, Liverpool football club. So I think in terms of that tier system, to them, they probably feel that is the most targetable. Um believe City could probably try and get this wrapped up for years, you know, tied up in court. Um, but it's not, it just doesn't, so I'm not, I'm no expert on it by any means. I've listened to many different people who have, through the week since it broke, as I'm sure everybody else has. And you know what? It's just, everybody's sort of in the same area, but they've all got different views. But the one thing it keeps coming back to is just like, there's so many breaches of rules and the, obviously the, the the independent regulators look looking to come on they they actually look at what's going on in the Premier League because no club has clean hands in my opinion very very few if any yeah. so yeah just the, the one that I just keep screaming in my head is the they've always been waiting for a for a, a Juventus club you know mm. Juventus you know just going straight down albeit Trezeguet just smashed them back up and move on yeah. and similar as well they like. Rangers as well. It's happened there, so it can happen. You know, yeah. Well, do you respect the Manchester City and their riches? And people argue they have no history. Well, like it or not, they're making history. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But they're two. They're two of the biggest clubs in the world, Glasgow Rangers and Juventus. So if things like that can happen to them, well, you have to assume, regardless of the money in the Premier League, that they that they would do something. Um, personally. I know there's this this is this annoying running joke. Oh yeah, well City better go down and that's better for us to try and stay up and all that shit, regardless. You you want you want it to be fair, but ultimately, like you seen Ped on, on Twitter from Toffee TV stating now investigate that warrior could deal the biggest money laundering. Yeah. Uh, in recent years. I, I don't even know that much about that. I have heard him go on about it before, but God yeah. knows. But you know. Then you look into the inhalers at them, you look into Chelsea's management, you look at Ted Bowley, how he's doing, you go back to Abramovich, I'm sure if you even scratch the surface there, you would probably find things, same with Manchester United, you know, so, <clears throat> excuse me, 
even us, like Jesus, the whole Usmanov business, mm. and yeah, you know, there's just be a term I tend to use all the time is you know you're walking into a minefield blind here, and you know what that's a lot of clubs are going to be standing pointing and it could very well become that Spider-Man meme, <laughs> you know, yeah. where everybody has some sort of dirt on them and I could just all go tits up. Mm. So, um, but ultimately you have to play within the rules. We are currently massively suffering trying to stay within the rules. So uh, I yeah. sort of, I do care, but at the minute I'm just like, they're the Man City and, and their breaches are the least of my worries at the minute. Um, we're all quite ecstatic after the weekend, but we have to be realistic too, where we are very, especially to be some of those results. Yeah. Wolves beating, Wolves beating the shite and then Leeds drawn at United. And, yeah. You know, I'm just going to worry about us in the meantime. And hopefully it could be beneficial to us further down the line, be it they change the rules, which mm. I wouldn't put it past the Premier League, or they Open, they've opened a massive can of worms and a lot of those teams are in trouble and it becomes a wee bit of a more playing, you know, fairer playing field, but yeah, yeah, sort of just staggered around. I don't care. Um, I'm more worried about Everton. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and Andrew, it feels like the Premier League um, are very, very stubborn in terms of how they want the Premier League to stay. Um and, you know, with having the whole monopoly over certain clubs being at the top, and you know, Manchester City came along and and they said that, you know, they spent a bit of money before the FFP rules came into play. But it just feels like if they're cracking down on Manchester City like this, then I don't feel like anyone's got a chance of breaking that mold. Is do you feel the same? Are you saying like breaking into that top six elite tier? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I guess the thing that is still amazing to me is city was able to get to the point that they were without breaking these rules mm. because the rules didn't exist initially. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess our listeners most likely know about FFP it, in its most simplest form. You can spend what you earn and what city has allegedly done here is said, we have earned a lot more than we actually have. And yep. we have spent a lot more than we actually said we did. Yeah. Pretty much, uh, yeah. Sorry. Spent less. My bad. Like yeah. with the uh, Mancini salary being really low for what he did. Mm. And then it's like, oh, actually it wasn't really. Mm. Yeah. So even in spite of this runaway success they had, they're still that greedy that no, we need to win four out of the last five titles. <laughs> that's, that's insane to me. Whereas we're yeah. like out of the relegation zone. Fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I know it's, it's mental. It is mental. Got to have a block party. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> no, I think if they, I mean, honestly, the best thing that could happen for Everton, and this is not like ethical or like noble or anything, but the best thing that could happen for Everton is that they release those rules because mm. they want to protect the top six from like sanctions, at which point we become very attractive with the new stadium and, you know, we're just upside. And if we don't very have to worry about points. what can be spent, that would be mm -hmm. completely transformative for us. Yep. Like Chelsea. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. I think it'll be a while yet before we hear of any kind of implications to Manchester mm -hmm. City if they do get a fine or a points deduction or whatever, because, you know, the investigations have been going on for the best part of four years, and I feel like it'll take that much longer to come to a conclusion. But Sure. Um, well, I mean, the big thing was also they were really trying to undercut 
the white paper, uh, whatever you guys call those, and they want to self-regulate, like the last thing the Premier League wants is to not be in their own hands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. And that's where obviously all that Super League business and stuff comes in. But ultimately, down there to what I will touch on, just obviously before we move on, but you've seen all these ex-Liverpool players saying, so am I a Premier League winner? Mm. If there was any club that would shamelessly invite ex-players back to their club, they sit in a stadium full and fucking hand out Premier League medals, it would be them. Yep. Shamelessly. And God forbid if you said a word against it. Well, mm-hmm. I fucking will. The <laughs> steady use of you do that. And we all know you'll do it. They will. So, nah, um, even that, just, yeah. just think it's, of the banter. It's funny there. to see some of the, re- um, the reactions coming out. Like, it, it's hilarious. They're used to tainted titles in recent times, anyway, aren't they? So, yeah. You know, time, they, they just can't, they can't keep their breath, you know. But Hypocrisy. <sighs> yeah, but anyway. They're getting healers for that day as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just move on to some Everton-related news then. Um, so we've seen recently we've been linked to free agent Isco. And in during the transfer window, I think the bubble actually said that we weren't interested in, in signing it with him um, or him signing with us. But it's actually come out in the last couple of days that we're apparently scheduling a meeting with the Spaniard uh, to see if he wants the move to the Premier League. Um, and Andrew, I know... You know, you, there's a lot of questions on how he would fit in with Dice, but do you feel like if he were to accept the proposal from Everton, he's kind of already gotten over the hump and we should all accept that as well, instead of kind of getting on his back about the whole lazy thing? Well, this is Everton. Why would we ever get off anyone's back? That's kind of our thing. <laughs> Fuck That's that. <laughs> Ew. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need somebody with the ability to unlock a game with 20 minutes to go and he's as good as we could get at this point in time, mm. though he's not notoriously a grafter. So I can't imagine Daesh would feature him a ton if he doesn't see massive effort at Finch farm. Yeah. I, I truly, I, I know we, we cry out for if somebody else decides to set up in a low block and just wait us out and give us the ball because fuck knows that doesn't go great. Yep. I, I just, we need it, but I don't know if it works in a Daichi way, but we don't know what Daichi would do with resources. We've never really seen it. Yeah, that is very true, actually. Um, it's it's very intriguing, to say the least. Graham, what, what's your thoughts on on Isco? I'm going to live in the fantasy that there's a realism to it. I don't think it'll come off, but, you know, if I was to live in the fantasy that we signed him and how would we use him, I would see him used more as a player at home as more of the you know the basically basically somebody hit the ball off yeah. you know as people seem to have it in their head that Esco's a static player he's not static he's very he's very he's very much on his toes but a move with the ball it's it's his work off the ball but again when most of us watched Esco ultimately at Real Madrid and that was a team that that just moved at 70 percent until they had to accelerate and ultimately, not Real Madrid put their mind it. They just yep. dominated. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he could he could be an asset in that sense. But would you see him go away from home, graft and and talk and get the? I I think he would. But would we have better options that would talk in for damage limitation? Yes, of course. 
Um, I do think it is something you could use. I honestly think we would be hoping for that Hamas spark. Don't know if we would get it. But look, his, his move broke down and he was going to Union Berlin. Yep. Union Berlin, you know what I mean? So that's the level he was considering. So he well, would, I think, I think uh, he so said last week, like, he'd be stupid not to accept the move to the Premier League, really. Yeah, of course. And it, you're talking it, about it, featuring him, you know, home instead of away. Are you doubting his ability to do it on a cold night in Stoke? <laughs> if, he, if he does come here, that will we will definitely see that next season. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. but ultimately, I, I would think we're better with him than without him. Yeah. You know, um, obviously the preview later, apparently James Garner's back. I'm mm-hmm. very excited to see what he, what he can do. And, Realistically, you know, there's all this stuff this week about is Tom Davies the man and stuff they bring in under Dice, and he may well be, he may well flourish. I'm not saying he will, I'm not saying he won't. That was that's its own meme in a civil war and Twitter that can just stay over there. I'm, I'm having no part of that. And people say, like me, Liverpool fans at the moment, to be absolutely honest. Um, <laughs> fucking give me dog grief and everything, Anything animals, me. but um, ultimately. Uh, why not? You know, but then people will say that this is why we get into this trouble. But you, your CV dictates your salary. Do you know what I mean? And if you yeah. want these sort of players and where we are, and you know, there's so many, there's so many factors and mitigating circumstances as to why we are pigeonholed and the being potential clubs for these sort of players. Mm. So I get it, and I don't get it. You need a little bit of flair. Well, like. that's it. You need, you need some sprinkles in your ice cream, you know what I mean? And at the <laughs> minute, we're just eating. <laughs> well, apart from the other day, we, well, we've been eating bog standard vanilla, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, th- I think we need some something. But, you know, it's as, as happy as I was with that performance the other day, I'm, I'm still madly out of love with these players. Yeah. I love something. They just give me that spark. One thing as well, just as, we, as we're talking about players, I've seen this and it's absolutely getting nothing to do with anything, but it's it's a pop at Anthony Gordon. <laughs> I noticed tonight I still followed him on Twitter and I went down, no, sort of was all, ugh, do I follow him? Mm. So I went down. He follows two people on Twitter. Only Sorry? two. Really? Newcastle United and Everton. What? What's weird on that? That's, that's breaking news. Strange, breaking yeah. news. There you are. Um, weird. I just find that weird. It was going to tell later, but it was just there. So, so anyway, so now that we've lost maybe, you know, that one bit of quality, you know, well, he runs. So you're getting a different form of quality in. But you can see it working. Like you've seen the engines in our midfield the other day. But we're not always going to play like that. And as we say, if the league, if the games go on and we do play you know, all teams down there or we need someone, they unlock something. Is that an option? Mm. You know, so. Yep. Well, either that or we just cancel Andre Gomez and get him back. <sighs> Sexy animal. He's been ripping it up over there as well, Andre. That goal he yeah. scored last week, just sensational. Lovely. Mm. And that's not just flashing the pan. I know you have been watching him, John, because you miss him and you yeah, haven't shut up right. about him and he yeah, has grown up over there. So, yeah. Fair play. You're our correspondent on Gomez. Handsome bastard. Um, yeah, we'll just move on then to one of our own guys. Jared Branthwaite has been absolutely killing it for PSV. Uh, he scored two goals in seven minutes the other day. And um, apparently Manchester United, Roma and Liverpool are also monitoring the situation. But um, 
Andrew, I'll start with you on this one. Do you think that's why we haven't bought Cody? Because Jared Brantwaite might feature more prominent next season? Very possibly. What was the buyout for Cody? Like seven? Five million, I think. Five. Okay. Yeah. thought it was four. I mean, not much at the end, uh, no matter yeah. what. Um, I could see that. But the thing is, like, we've always needed center back cover because of Mina's existence. Yep. So I, I don't see why it couldn't be both. And he takes, you know, a mentorship role for Branthwaite. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's a good point, actually. Like he would rather have both than get rid of maybe Keen to Forrest or something, perhaps. Graham, maybe. how do you feel on it? Yeah. Yeah, look, we were discussing it when it was happening, obviously amongst ourselves and what I stated then and still stand by now and probably will by the end of the season. None of those center halves are irreplaceable. But what I will say, like out of patience with Michael Keane, Tarkovsky is in as a free, and he's just he's basically he'll be here for that those three years, I assume, and then gone. Um Connor Cody, it's great, but we can't get better. We should have better with all yeah. due respect to them. Mason Holgate's a funny one. I think he might do well on the dice, but I don't know if he's going to get on. I think he, he has he has the now in front of him. You know, do you know what I mean? And and likes of Korean Tarkovsky, I can't see him getting through. Yeah, I mean, his one foot out the door anyway. Yeah. Um, I think when he was saying I'd give my life to, for this club, that was just. Also, we haven't even mentioned Godfrey either. We can't nail down any spot. We're talking about we're talking about centre halves here. <laughs> I'm joking, Andrew. But yeah, <laughs> obviously, obviously, no, no, joking aside. I was I was hoping you would bite on that, but Ben Godfrey's the project. He has everything but the attribute, which he can learn. Mm. Dice can teach him, so he he is potential. At the end of the day, Jar Branthwaite is a kid who was sent out on loan to try and reach potential. That's what he's doing. So yeah. he should be definitely ahead of a Michael Keane mm. in terms of future. Ahead of a ahead ahead of that, all of them really, except Godfrey in terms of future. So I think be. it would be mad. I think it would be absolutely mad if he absolutely loves it and we have enough cover. And he's doing well. Give him an order loan, but make sure he signs a contract extension again. Yep. Did talk about keeping his options open purely because he probably doesn't know what's going on with Everton. Mm. And given our checkered past, they probably haven't even checked in with him. Yeah, probably. But let's not forget there was there was talk that PSV were, were thinking of canceling the loan. Well, they actually tried to up. buy him in January. I think we had a bid rejected, didn't they? For about yeah, but before the World Cup, there was talk of him being canceled, his loan being canceled. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, He's definitely got the quality to play in that league without without a doubt. I'm sure he's learned a hell of a lot since, like he had the, he had the goal against and the great performance against Chelsea, and then obviously the, the Newcastle game ruined ruined him. Broke his shield, as some people would say. Yeah, they played DMC, but <laughs> um, <laughs> that 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 rocked him bad. Do you know what I mean? So he needed to get away and get his head clear, and you know he's running yeah. around Eindhoven having the time of his life, but. Uh, Ultimately, he's owned by the club, and for a player with that potential, he's going over there, keeping clean sheets, mm. playing, playing. Has he still played in Europe? And I'm sure I've seen him play. Yeah, I, I think he is. Yeah. Second half of the season, yeah. but ultimately, he's getting great experience. He's playing in front of ultras, so he's learning now how to handle handle himself in front of aggressive fans. Yeah, albeit he had probably the one club with the fans that could probably match some of Europe in terms of anger and impatience and, and yep. love a club but now i'd just be standing firm just saying no uh, no chance you're going nowhere you're coming back here 
yeah. Prove yourself in the Premier League. So I think he's one to keep for the future, just as I think Godfrey's one to develop, just as I think Connor Cody could well go at the end of the season again. And and that just might be it. You know, mm-hmm. a one year love story and and we appreciate it. And I, I do re- I've read them, I don't dislike them or anything. I'm just I'm just trying to be more realistic because it's very easy easily to, to fall in love and fall in hate with what's going on here. So while things yeah. have sort of plateaued this week, we're a wee bit optimistic about a, a Merseyside Derby and Anfield and trying to be level-headed on how I feel about everyone, you know? Yeah, pretty much, mate. Um, I'm just dreaming of a spine of him, Onana, and another young centre-forward to match that kind of six-foot-five, 21-year-old profile. That would be outstanding. Um, He's a left-footed centre-half, too. We well, don't yeah, have one. Quite rare, actually. They're very rare to get, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, definitely excited about him. Um... Some other news then, MSP Sports Capital have apparently held talks with Farhad Mashiri over a 25% stake in the club. Um, now, I'm not sure, it doesn't really make it clear because I'm seeing reports that they want a 25 stake, 25% stake in the club or whether they want to invest in the stadium and it's just funding purely for the stadium. Um, Alan Myers has said that um, the, the discussions are ongoing in regards to a minority shareholding in the club. And then he goes on to say that um, any potential investment would be for the completion of the new stadium. Um, Andrew, I'll, I'll just start with you on this one. I'm a bit worried about this. That, that sentence there, any potential investment would be for the completion of the new stadium. I feel like this would come to bite us in the arse like in, in five years' time, maybe, if we don't own the stadium, and they do, and we're renting it off them. I don't. I, I'm just dreading it. I really am. Uh, I understand that concern. My, I have a different version of the concern for that. It's just there's too many cooks, and the more, the more investors and people with like decent sized stakes involved, the harder it will be for a full on takeover. Yeah. I would guess. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any way we're getting, or I don't think there's any way that Mashiri is taking a minority stake in the stadium itself. I think we are going to own that. So I'm not concerned about that at all. Mm. Um, I just, I don't like multiple, like 20, 30 percenters in yeah. the game. Yeah, definitely. No, They're I'm invested the in uh, McLaren racing, uh, a yeah. very successful team. So fuck knows what they're doing at Everton, but I can't imagine they're going to let Mashiri bully them. So, yeah, well, that's it. I mean, twenty-five percent stake, Graham. Are you are you the same as I, I agree with Andrew that it just adds more confusion to the mix, especially when it comes to like transfers and transfer windows. That's that's another kind of you know another person's voice and another person who you have to approve of a transfer. It just it's just adding more confusion, isn't it? Or do you feel uh, like it could be? I, I sort of have my own take. Yeah, go just, on. Um, that's that's their end, but I think it's the beginning of the passing of the baton. Yeah. I, th- I think the fact that they're affiliated with four other football clubs, um, it's like a Red Bull group without without the Red Bull. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, and we would be their premier club. I think I think their biggest clubs, Iceberg, your your yeah. club in Germany. So I personally think it's the start of the passing the baton. Mashiri mm-hmm. wants a because no matter what, even if Mashiri holds ten percent in this club. And he's he's he has a board member on, and it's the minority voice. And if if this current crop of clowns clear out, 
Yeah. And and they bring in their own people as they keep buying stakes. The way Mashiri came in is uh, majority and then built up and built up and built up until the point where he owned the club. I yep. personally think this is the start of them coming in and he wants to see what they're like. And if they're not the fit that he wants, not yep. what the club needs, what mm-hmm. he wants at the start, I think then it might be a case of now and we'll see more calamity and maybe them push out and pull out and be a nightmare. But yeah. on the flip side of that, and I'm trying to be positive today, I think, uh, no rants, I think that this could be the start of them moving in and out of the Premier League. Yeah. Because like Andrews is like, you know, obviously they, they're they on the board for McLaren and stuff. They're very invested in McLaren where there is yeah. mega money. There's mm-hmm. mega money in Formula 1. That ultimately this, this could be their path now and they move money through Formula 1 and through football. And these guys have the contacts. They're already set up and they're waiting for that big fish. Now, we're the easy catch. It makes sense. They'll get in because this will always be Mishiri's legacy, no yeah. matter what. When the dust has settled and the years mm-hmm. have gone on, and our kids are supporting Everton, God love them, you know, and they're old enough they want to go go to games and stuff. It'll be a case of we'll look back. You're talking about. I like my kids. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you need to discipline them, Andrew. What better way? But you know, ultimately, this we'll always look back then and be like, you know, fucking Mishiri, he was this, that, and the other, but he delivered the stadium. Yeah, I, personally, I can't speak for every ever Evertonian. I wouldn't dare, but you know, in my opinion, he will always have that. If, if we, if we rock out with Bramley Murrow, where it's it's not held against us, it'll be like, wow, you know. So I think this is the beginning of the of the passing the baton because whenever Mashiri goes to eventually leave the club for his minority stick, with him taking stuff back, that could be him getting his full return when leaving again. Who knows? They talk about the investment that'll bring into the club with the corporate, the boxes, the sponsorships, the the promotion tours, all new likes of fucking live music and stuff and, and whatever else that they, they're able to convert it to, be it uh, NFL and stuff like that. So, Yeah. Well, you already I, I, got a, the Phoenix Suns basketball club as well. Like that, he's uh, a minority. Yeah, yeah, that. he's fully there too. So yeah. you, you could see... Other things coming, albeit that would be some game of exhausting basketball if they were to put a wooden floor down that pitch. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but you, you get what I'm saying, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's massive on tap potential with them coming in, and it could be the beginning of his exodus. And I would not be surprised. I think he's done. I think he's done. I really, really do. I think he's not. I think he's done protecting the board, and I think he's just all. I don't need this crap. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's 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 been said in so many. You know, it's been said on the talking the blues, the blue room, and you know, uh, toffee TV. All every other everyone's saying it. Any any journalists, everything. It's billionaires don't want their name brought up anywhere. Yeah, yeah. they want a low profile. Mm-hmm. He, he he is he is he's lit up in lights with three big lit up arrows pointing at his head at all times yep. at the moment. He's being spoke about in the Houses of Parliament. That is the last thing that he wants. Mm-hmm. So I just think I just think he's saying sackless. I'm I'm done. Like so it's yeah. time to plan my exit strategy. So that's that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. I think you're right. Um yeah. But, but also it, yeah I'd appreciate Mashiri doing his due diligence in terms of doing it slowly to make sure they are the right people. Cause obviously look how it's turned out with Ken. It's Wright not due diligence. It's not, he's not doing that in regards to the club. 
he's not he's doing that in regards of his investment yeah he's thinking how what percentage do i need to get to still get maximum profit leading and that's yeah. what i believe he's doing the mm. reins will pass everyone talks about bill kenwright as well and he's 77 or whatever it is you know these guys regardless regardless of what they think and the grip they think they have yeah their grip is is listening on this club yeah so there's going to be change and if they're installing two new board members i think we spoke about this before and just just chatting casual i was like if people people come in and they look at how that board is operating yeah they're they're not going to be happy so ultimately they'll just be like what's going on here and that'll raise the issues at that level rather than them hiding behind their own doings in my opinion yeah. so yeah yeah passing the baton completely yeah well we know um i can't even pronounce this guy's name the chairman jam nahafi is that how you say i have no idea and also jeff mora and pete taylor they were also uh, CEOs and, and vice presidents of um, MSV Sports Capital. They were all at the Southampton game a couple of weeks back. Um, so the, the telltale signs are there that Mashiri is thinking of doing it. Um, Shane, I'll, I'll, I'll just bring you in here, mate. Um, we're just talking about MSP Sports Capital and um, the potential you know, investors in, in the club looking at a 25% stake. What What's your... What's your take on this, and and do you feel like it, Mashiri, as as like what we've just been saying there? Just if you feel like Mashiri's just going to pack up now and leave because he's had enough. Not sure with it being like a minority stake rather than a majority, but um, the I think Alan Myers said that I don't think it'd go through anywhere until after the stadium was built. Did he? I think I've seen him say. Yeah, but he actually said um, there was. We don't know if it's going to be like investment purely for the stadium or whether it's a 25% stake in the club itself. I, like, I'm sorry, just, yeah. I can't see them. Get, if them guys are over at games and they're already looking at it and it's already leaking out, I can't see them waiting another what, year and a half, mm. year and a half before before they pull the trigger on any day. Like, because every, every minute they waste on coming into Everton when that stadium nears completion, um, the, the cost for them is going up. That's one. That's yeah. one thing. We yeah. are skint. The value every second that grows is going up. Sorry to jump on there, Shane, but that was just on my earlier point. That's just what I wasn't able to add on there. Yeah. No, you you could be right. Um, it's just we will just have to wait and see how that plays out. Like, but obviously we know that Peter Kenyon and his consortium in the summer and the Kaminskys are all floating around, and you know some other sources from uh, the Middle East as well. So just don't know, but yeah. Um. We'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Um, moving on to some Kevin Thelwell appointments. And Graham, I'm going to start with you on this one because I know your trust in Thelwell has worn thin, especially after January. Does these uh, appointments... Was there, was it? Well, no, that's true. Um, he's a former MK Dons manager, Dan Michichi. I have no idea. Yeah, it's Michichi, yeah, yeah. Michichi, yeah. yeah. He's been appointed Evans Player Development League coach. And also we've got... Um, Lee Sargison in senior in a senior recruitment role, and he was the talent spotter from Brighton, um, and hel- head of scouting operations there as well. So, does this kind of restore a little bit of faith in January after January? I mean, no, January is a separate entity. Look again, keep referring back there. Chat there was a bit of back and forth today with me and Lee and stuff, and don't know if we fully got each other, but 
ultimately January is its own thing. January is its own thing. The club yeah. as a whole, the club as a whole, and Thelwell, regardless, if he if he had fifty p to sign someone and thirty pound wages, buying someone, you know what I mean. And I know Dice is saying, oh, but someone has to add add to the club. And look, I know that's that's an extreme. He's breaking down there, but I know that's a bit of extreme. But I'm I'm doing the, I'm I'm going the extreme purely to prove a point is is the fact that work within your budget and get something. That's what a good director of football is. Mm. Everyone gives brands shit, but you know what? When brands have limited money, you could still bring something and they they get they raise their eyebrows whether they were good or yeah. bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, well, he stopped looking at wolves. We, he must have heard me rant. I'm I'm glad to hear. <laughs> but but as I was saying that last time in regards to the boardroom, I was saying, you know, if we're the highest paid board in the league, and well, the, sorry, the highest paid indiv- individually, yeah, and second overall, then just go to these clubs and say, how much are you earning? I'm earning X. We'll give you Y. Well, I assume he's did this with a guy from Brighton, who is not someone I know about. Machichi didn't know about him until this morning. Looked done and actually listened to a podcast on him. And you know what? He was uh, he, he spoke really well. I suppose they all do when they're when they're bigging themselves up. But his work at his work at uh, Arsenal with the youth, he he's he really really detailed the fact that he. I'll actually I'll, I'll get that pod, podcast link and get it on the our our podcast. You know, it's it's quite interesting, but uh, yeah. But he's he's very very analytical. He's a numbers guy, which mm. which to me ties into tandem to getting getting a lot from Brighton because you know yeah. if that's all, it's nearly a money ball. You know what I mean? Get yeah, this player and yeah. who can do this for this price and raise his value and his profile. Yeah. Well, surely. That ties on it. This this guy's all about numbers, all about what they should be doing and not overdoing, not trying to do. He says he like going through at Arsenal. He like to keep things very very simple with with the kids, but again, he has his thing was all about respect, uh, discipline, um, treating the kids like adults to an extent. You know where it's where where it's healthy for them. Mm. So I, I like what he had. They say he was also he was the manager brought through Delhi Alley, I believe, as well. So yeah. Yeah, see that reunion. Don't know how it will go like, but um, it might be like Tom <laughs> Huddleston just playing with the kids in the future. But uh, no, ultimately, look, it, it steps in the right direction again. Yeah, um, mainly went back and forth too, and we were in big agreement that the 120 point plan was what 115 more than it really should have been. Yeah, 110 more than it really should have been. Mm. But there, well, is getting these people on. So it does look like he's went to the guy. Brightness is, I hear you're on this. Um, we would love you here as our head. So it's a promotion, and we'll pay you handsomely. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I have no problem with that. Give them guys the money, mm-hmm. as long as it's within the constraints, and, and let this guy flourish and see what he can do. Um, I spoke as well about the black book before. This guy could be coming up here with a few Brighton targets. Hopefully. So ultimately he, he could be he could be saying, look, and we have these guys, and I know for a fact I'm coming here because I can get I can get Joe Bloggs and Calvin Klein here for X amount of money. Yeah. And that would save us a fortune instead of going for for whoever else. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. these are the sort of wee things that can excite you, especially numbers guys, guys that yep. are under the scouting and stuff. So mm. it it it'll stop us spending the likes of twenty million on a Dwight McNeil. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. And I know this, like, he, he's a one good game for us before anyone says, Hey, what, what do you mean? You know, yeah. ultimately he I was has about so to. <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> now, but ultimately, what Shane, Shane, what I'm saying is though, I'm trying to be very realistic this week. You know, you're you no, yeah. me, no no anger this week. I'm trying to be calm and logical, but I I just I just think it's more positive. So it's good. Uh, keep away from moles. Keep stealing the likes of Brighton's talent. Keep, keep bringing guys. Um, yep. Looking you know what I'm saying? Direction. They were the examples I used to Brentford and Brighton. Yeah. The hottest two hipster clubs on the scene at the moment. You know what I mean? So yep. go get there, guys, and, and yep. do more. Do more of that now. So things like that. Yep. Hopefully it's um these are the right guys because as as we thought when we were getting with Steve Walsh from Leicester, we thought he was. Well, the that's man. another thing. That's another thing too. Be careful how big we fall into love with these people because yep. the majority turns out shite. So yep. and they're not actually the main guy. They they're like they're Robin to the Batman. They you know they I mean? they get no. They get the coffee if anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's it. Man, let's just hope for the best and, and be excited by it because there is decent things happen but as I say uh, Matichi the way he spoke about his youth development and mm. bringing through um, was uh, exactly what good. we want yeah definitely yeah it did but again you can, you can big up your CV but I'll I'll send you through the link to that podcast and maybe just stick it on underneath yeah absolutely um, Andrew it's um, we know Thelwell has already appointed more than two dozen members of staff since he's been here including obviously an academy director a loans pathway manager and a head of sports science um, does this excite you? Because this is what we thought we were getting when Thelwell first got the job, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, maybe it was just a question of economics. There were, you know, timing on contracts, payouts. Maybe it just made the most sense to wait on it, and he couldn't just wreck shop immediately. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he's been given leeway to do this has been nuts. I mean, maybe this is kind of a side effect of Rafa just trying to burn the place down. You know, when he yeah. got brands fired, basically. Maybe yeah. sure he's letting loose a little bit and said, all right, make it in your image as much yeah. as you can. Yeah. Um, I, I'd love the phrase you said earlier, the talent spotter. It's just like dolphin watching like, Ooh, there's some talent. There's some over there too. <laughs> <laughs> like DMZ. Like, ah, players. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate DMZ. <laughs> um, Shane, does this, are you pleased by this? And hopefully it's a step in the right direction in terms of Mashiri handing over, you know, the reins to someone who actually knows what they're doing instead of relying on the likes of Kia Jarabchin. Yeah, and it's like, it's like the bare minimum that you expect anyway, because he doesn't, he doesn't, like he's not a football person, he doesn't know what he's doing, but I think it's starting to show that Thelwell knows what he's doing. Um, I I think when you step back and look at it, I don't think where he was having the finger point. I I said in another podcast where he had the finger points on him. I don't think it was his fault. Yeah, I think when you when you actually step back and look at it, and it, you know, with recalling Sims and and some of the other lads, and then these targets that we like Jokeres uh, that we apparently just didn't have the money to buy, and then yep. and then we still haven't even signed any free agents or anything. I just think his hands were tired. Yeah, but I think with like with, with them getting these scouts and like it's the Brighton fella as well. Like if, if we like Gray said, if we can get those players that they've been getting, mm. um, you know, bare minimum. If you can, you get the good ones and you can sell them on for money and start putting towards this financial fair play if it's coming in straight away, or um, you know, even better for us if we if we can be that instead of being that stopgap. 
we're, yeah. I think we're a bigger club than Brighton, so we can keep these players, you know, the likes of Weichel and Arna. Yeah, definitely. You'd like, you'd like to start, you know, if we're moving in that right direction, I think that needs to be one of the things, is that we're, we're keeping these players like Richarlison as well, mm. and they're not moving on to, you know, so-called bigger clubs like Tottenham when he's sitting on the bench. Yeah. Or... But you, you wouldn't even mind, like, Grange on it, I can see your face there and when you mentioned Tottenham being a bigger club. <laughs> um, but so-called. Like, so-called. <laughs> but, but the thing is, like, I wouldn't even mind these players going to these teams for big money if you knew what the system was and you accepted the fact that, do you know what, that's yeah. going to get reinvested. Yeah, because because you know, realistically yeah. in that system, John, you had their understudy there for a year. Yeah. And you knew that they could. Nearly that European, especially the Dutch model. Dutch are notorious for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You can but, be a selling club if that's the expectation until you don't have to be anymore. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you I don't, know one thing I will say on that though, Andrew, is I don't, I never see Everton being a selling club. We don't not That's not because our head. academy has been fucked for a while. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what I mean? It would just be, we are so, like, we don't even wear a heart on our sleeve. We wear it fucking sellotape to our fucking foreheads. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just a case of, I love him, but I want him through too. And just fucking start all three of them on the left-hand side. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> we just don't want to let go. We just... We get that we get that possession and we just um, yeah. and we tend to love them and if we don't we just want to ban them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like look yeah. prime example, Dwight McNeil. Every single Evertonian was asking who sanctioned that deal. Mm-hmm. Everyone else the other day was singing a song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So and I'm not saying we're fickle. Well, we are, we are fickle, but you know, that's that's the beauty of being a football fan. Yeah. Is that we can be. That that is the one thing that no one can ever take away from us. But that's what I mean. You get teams where teams are happy to just have, you know, yeah, farm them, move them on. Yeah, we got the next one. But I think personally, again, I'm not saying we as a whole. Personally, I just think, because I know what I'm like as an Evertonian, I, I don't want anyone to leave. Mm. I don't. I, I think I still have them in contracts. It's still the as Coleman at 40. You know, if there was a thought <laughs> of him going somewhere, do you know what I'm saying though? Yeah, Ultimately, I know. I'm just like, I, I, I don't, I don't want, never wanted Richardson to go. Never. Yeah. yeah. I don't want anyone to go realistically. But um, well, that's because we've always example been... of that uh, is Branthwaite. Yeah, yeah. Looking how good he's doing, it's like you're looking at it now, where you're just like, like we we don't want to let him go. But then you're looking at who's there at centre half, and it's like if these clubs that are rumoured to be after him and they're going to be offering stupid money for him, then it's a it's like a catch twenty two sort of thing because of the yeah. situation yeah. we are in at the moment. Yeah. I, th- I think as well, it's there's a difference between you know being a selling club and being a stepping stone. Do you know what I mean? Like the two completely different things. If if you're a selling club, I think we we as fans, even though it doesn't matter how how much you love a player, we'd accept that more. It's it's when you, things start getting thrown around about being a stepping stone with no plan in the background to get someone else in. You know what I mean? Yeah, but even at that, just uh, again, as an Evertonian. I don't like my club being a stepping stone. No, no, I, I like it, yeah. The pinnacle because these players are moving on when they're getting most of the time. The players that we can sell usually, and we'll just use Richardson as the example. Richardson was going up levels. It was quiet for a good bit of that season, and he hit that for me. And you're thinking, Fuck, no. if he was here for another season, maybe them levels yeah. would sustain, and then it build in those levels. And that's what I want my Everton players to do. And go and us grow with them as a club and get back to where we should be. Not this, oh no, we're stepping on and and sect is good enough. 
fuck that. I'm not, I, I don't like that. I really, really don't. Sixth isn't good enough. Where yeah. we can sell someone on and bring through someone that where we might sit and tip between 10th and 6th. And by the way, people might be saying, oh, you're in dreamland. But that's how it was for the last fucking 20 years. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's not good enough for me because I want them players to stay and have the understudy because maybe part of us not wanting to lose them is because we, we've never had the depth. We just haven't had depth. And when yeah. we have had depth in the more recent times, it's been absolute dross. So yeah. ultimately that's for me... You should have that squad depth of quality and those young players able to come in and be effective. You know, I'm not saying we're Manchester United, Manchester United are arguably the biggest club in the world because they, they would throw their hat in that ring. But their depth, their depth walks into our team. You know, of course, yeah. We were we, we were looking to loan a Langa to start him. Mm. We were. And realistically, yeah. we should be bold enough to have these, like an Anthony Gordon coming for He shouldn't be where he is right now. He shouldn't be at Newcastle. We shouldn't have got 40 million for him. He mm. should have been still, oh, this is great. I'm part of the squad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm part of the squad and I'm getting in behind Richarlison or Damari Gray. Yeah. Not, I am one of two and a half wingers, as I always say. So, yeah. um, no, but that's just my own mindset of, I still think that we should be where Everton were when I was when I was born, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. A little never waver because once you've had a taste of that fruit, everything else will taste like shit, realistically. So, that's yeah. me. I'm, I'm certain. I'm certain people think different, and no doubt, probably no. Because it, it makes sense. It's like when we had um, Lukaku. It was sour at first, and then you had Calvert Lewin coming through, and now it's like you, at first you didn't want him to go, but now it's all. It, I mean, that that mindset's changed. It has for me anyway. Um, yeah, but like the, those players are the ones you want to keep hold of. Lukaku when he, he was basically in his or coming into his prime, but Charleston, Onana. Pickford I just still yeah. don't want Pickford to go even though it's like you sort of got to accept it if he was to at the end of the season but yeah. you know, regardless of what happens mm. but they're the players that you want to keep hold of and the ones that you start building with because I mean if you, if you overlap some of those players the squad that we would have had would have been would have been brilliant do you know what I mean so yeah, it makes it yeah. But then, like in terms of like being a selling club, I think it's accepted by even like like me. I mean, I'm not speaking for them, but Brighton fans because it's like a it, it's a conveyor belt for them. Mm. You know, yeah. One go like Trossard's gone out, Matoma's coming, and then he'll probably get sold for a silly amount, and then somebody else will come straight in who they'll probably buy for like three million from Argentina or something. Yeah, I mean, to be fair with. The Brighton thing as well. I think their fans would accept that trade-off for where they are. Like, I don't think they ever expected to be in this position in the Premier League a couple of years ago and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think their fans would accept the fact that they're going to lose some of their best players year on year if they just are quite happy to stay in the Premier League. Brighton, Brighton don't have our minds yet, though. Just don't. No, that's them. what I'm saying. I know that is that's the example for that model they work, but just not a not for a club the size of Everton, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. But also, I think Farhad Mashiri was maybe hinting at this when he said in that interview with uh, Jazz Ball, we've laid the foundations uh, for future. You know, he said, and he even said something like, long before, long after I'm gone and, and long and stuff like that. So maybe he was just throwing a little teaser in there. He's yeah. full of shit, Farhad Mashiri. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he is. <laughs> There's that too. There's that too. Um, so yeah, just. Something else then, just before we go on to the Liverpool preview, um, the Super League has been doing the rounds again, and it's not going away anytime soon. 
and it, it more than likely won't. Um, but Everton have come out and basically slammed it as an act of preposterous arrogance. Sounds like something from Harry Potter. Um, but essentially, that's what it is. Like we said in back in, I think it was, I don't know if it was two years ago now or three years ago, whenever it was when it first came out. Um, at this time of national and international crisis and a defining period for our game, clubs should be working together collaboratively with ideals for our game and its supporters uppermost. Instead, these clubs have been secretly conspiring to break away from a football pyramid that has served them so well. And that was a couple of years ago. But um, Graham, I'll just start with you on this one. The Super League, mate, it's it's not going away, is it? And ultimately, it's just going to be forced upon us, isn't it? No, we get to be in the second division of it now, but it looks at things. There's a, a no royalty system, so anyone can be relegated, albeit all the top teams earning $350 million a week, which is what it was beforehand, which will be dilute, diluted a bit. But um, yeah, there's going to be a tier system, so we'll be in Division 2 with the likes of Atlanta and Sevilla and things like that, and getting their arse handed this by other teams now as well. But um no, just again, in theory, in theory, a tiered league system, it, it does taste a wee bit better than than just, oh, by the way, we're all going away. This this group of, I you know, uh, can't remember what the G is, G14 or something, isn't it? And then yeah. the uh, the G14 then with whoever else, with Spurs, yeah. City and a, a couple of other ones, they appease people. The German clubs were firmly against it, but um, is this how they... And you know what? I'm not. I'm not for it. I'm not for it. I could see where it could be appealing, where everybody, and I could see if there was a system that worked, the because everybody then maybe can get European football much easier than two places in a league. Yeah, get that side of it. But again, it's the slice that you're making the richer, richer. You're giving the people who should feel like they should have more a wee bit more, but they still can't compete. So you still get that same style system rather than bringing in some sort of, you know, wage limit on and expenditure yeah. limit and things like that. They're just they're just throwing more money at it. Basically, they're doing what our board did, <laughs> throwing money yeah. at problems. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're, they're a problem. They're speaking up. Get them in. You know what I mean? That's what it seems mm. to be. But yeah. uh, no, it, it's just it doesn't sit right with me. Th- those those words said couldn't be more pertinent now and a fact that there's an, there's a global financial crisis energy crisis cost loving crisis all these things all these things you want to call it and, yeah. and they want to they want to make they want to line more more rich people's pockets sure if red was on here like yeah man it's absolute fascism man oh it's terrible and then he'd probably <laughs> choke eating a cactus but ultimately <laughs> i would stand with them on that because uh it, it it's just, and then you're expecting these fans, these diehard fans that are already struggling to get up and down the home home and away games. And it'll be nice for a while. Yeah. We said this about the Super League. It would be class if you were a Liverpool fan, right? And then you were you d- done your league stuff, but you're always playing these league teams every year and your fans got that. Well, you know what? It get boring. It would get, get boring, boring. But then you would get more international fans to get that. And guys, rather than coming to watch... You know, say like a Liverpool Brighton or whatever. Mm. Um, you know, as as their one big game they get over. Well, they decide. Well, I'll I'll actually go watch Liverpool, Real Madrid, and Qatar 
you know, or something like that. Because let's face it, there'll only be home games for a while, and then it'll all move international. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, it's just you again. You're you're messing with a product that's give you so much and works so well. Um, yeah. keep as is. If you really need to do something, I can probably see them doing that that one game abroad. But no, it's just it's a bit of a mess. I think it is coming though. That's a thing, and it's it's yeah. where we stand in it, and and how we stand as fans of the club and the league. Yeah. So because they want they all want Premier League riches. That's the thing. That's of the thing. Me, they know yeah. that G fourteen wants to even play in field now. They they want that. They want what Premier League clubs have. Like if yeah. you're getting more, if you're getting more finishing fifteenth than you are for winning the Bundesliga, or even more in the Premier League for being relegated, I think it was, mm. then then Bayern Munich get for the title. Well, obviously their nose will be out of joint. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just shite. Eh? I'm not for it. Thumbs down. Yeah. When you see the likes of Chelsea and, and the amount that they spent in terms of outspending four or five leagues, it, it's just it's it's mad. It, it's complete mad. Um, but- That's why I think uh, Bowley was doing the eight-year thing, not just because of the loophole until, what, June, yeah. but also because I think he expects the Super League to become a reality and mm, having very good. that many that players is- tied up for eight years, yeah, he yeah. gets to take them with him to the Super mm. League. Very good point. That very is a good, good point, point, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, apparently, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus have under- have contacted more than 50 clubs in the hopes of creating the Super League. Um, Shane, apparently they want to replace the, the Champions League and the Europa League with this BS. What, what's your thoughts on it? It's not how football's the, the pinnacle of it, isn't it? It's what everybody yeah. aims for. And, yeah. You know, it's 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 the same level as um the the World Cup when they were saying they wanted it every two years. It just takes away the, the magic of it and sort of thing. And like yeah, I said, you'll get fans will get bored of it. Yeah. It, it clubs like you I mean the clubs you just meant I mean, apart from Madrid, but the the other two, Juventus and Barca are in absolute dire states financially. Yeah. So it's it's only gonna be for their gain as well. 100%. But then there's the other the other side of it, like um you know, just reiterating what Grace said as well, like these Bundesliga teams are, are constantly victims to Bayern Munich, getting their players taken off them. Mm. So they even the playing field by being in this league and the play, they can attract those players and, and then they've got the money to, you know, because I presume television rights and stuff yep. and everything else that comes hand in hand and if they'll be able to pay the wages and stuff like that. Mm. Um. But yeah, it'll take it away for it. And I don't know how sustainable it is for I mean, every fan base has got a die hard set of fans, and I know for a fact that Everton fans will be travelling all over Europe as well if it come about. But I don't see it being sustainable, like you say, with um you know, we're meant to be in a cost of living crisis and energy crisis and Yeah. Um from I, I I was in work when it got released, but I, I seen the bullet points and it says that it's a minimum of fourteen extra fourteen extra games a season. Yeah. And every every single manager, no matter the depth, like City and Chelsea, are already moaning about how many games they're playing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's mental. Um, Andrew just feels like another step towards football being taken away from the fans. Yeah, it's just pure monetization. Uh, like you were talking about with the World Cup two years instead of four. Yeah. I know uh, Infantino still wants to push that. Like I would direct anyone who thinks that's good to the all-day McDonald's breakfast. The exclusivity <laughs> is what makes it special. 
Yeah. It's not as good when you can have it all day. I promise you. Yeah, Anybody that's who's been hungover can agree with me on that. It's not the same. That's delightful. I like that. <laughs> Absolutely spot on. Couldn't agree more, mate. Um, it just feels like they've messed up their own leagues. I mean, we know Barcelona, as, as Shane said. Still can't get over that. That's incredible. Egg McMuffin. Um, Barcelona, like, they've sold their TV rights and everything just to try and get a bit of money for transfers and stuff. And all these clubs are, are messing up their own leagues and now they just want to break away from that and leave everyone behind. It's just, it's stupid. It is stupid, but the quicker it's resolved or squashed, I don't care, the quicker everyone can just move on because, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen in football. And I guarantee this will affect investments in terms of, you know, we we just spoke about MSP trying to take over clubs and stuff. How are potential investors going to look at other teams who are not part of this project? You know what I mean? So we'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, moving on to the Liverpool preview. And um, Shane, I'll just start with you, mate. Calvert-Lewin. Now, the bobble after the Arsenal game, he actually said um, it was a precaution as to why he was taken off and there were no major concerns. But we've since seen today that he's tweeted that um, the striker is a major doubt and he's yet to return to training after feeling tightness in the game. So, yeah, it looks doesn't look like he's going to play. So, Shane, what would you do, mate, in the absence of Calvert-Lewin? Well, bad start Sims up front with Mo Okay. Interesting. Uh, so you well, want to go with the, four, the uh, five in midfield again? Um, I mean, yeah. And then... You, but then I don't know whether that you. I mean, we keep saying it whether whether the these players are ready or not. Whether Sims would be ready to play him up, up front on his own. Yeah, uh, I certainly wouldn't be putting Mopai up front on his own because I think they're already from the Arsenal game looked better in being in it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, either if or that or or Gray run or Gray off him as well. Yeah, if, if you played it like that as well. Um. I think I think just I think it works either way because if you pack out the midfield, I think that they're struggling in the midfield as well. But then they're mm. struggling at the back. So if you're putting two strikers up against the both of their centre halves, and I don't, I'm not, I haven't even properly, like looked at who's even available for Liverpool. But yeah, you know, it's not a lot of the teams not the first choices. But Calvert Lewin's just uh, I don't know what what I don't how. Do, how long have we even got left? Like, has he got left on his contract? Because I don't think you're going to get any money for him. And it's like yeah. he's he's not training every day through the week. Yeah. And That's... then it's just con. It's just constantly this. Yeah. This whole, you know, he, he's he's come off because he's that he's got an injury or he he can't start the game because we don't want to risk him and he's not training every day because we don't want to risk him for the next game and it's it just seems like a. So we're waiting for something that's not going to happen. Yeah, definitely. I agree, actually. Um, it's sad. Andrew, another podcast, another episode talking about Calvert-Lewin and his injuries. Um, what would you do in that situation? Do you like the idea of Damari Gray up front with their Sims? Possibly. Um, I, uh, I feel like, I don't know, it's hard to blame this on Dice, but I feel like this might be the dark side of that murder training session. <laughs> you've got a fragile player and then you immediately come in and kill everyone uh dcl and mina were certainly probably going to feel the brunt of that more than most yeah but could just be that they're fragile also mm. very possible 
Um, I would say, you know what? Actually, what I would do, uh, because I'm a fucking terrorist, is put Mopai, <laughs> start Mopai, and hope to draw a red card. And then it doesn't matter. Okay. Interesting. Just let him loose and be the worst and get Big Verge to kick out. And then yeah. that, that'll be it. I'm, I'm not that that in a, wouldn't happen in a million years. I mean, those. Oh, yeah. They won't get. Yeah. It'll be, it's at Anfield. Yeah. But it'd I be mean, funny. It would be funny. I'd like to see him whine, though. Yeah. It would be. Um, Graham, what, what's your approach to the Calvert Lewin conundrum? Well, Bobble's sort of. He put that out there tonight, but um, I still think Caroline's going to start, personally. I think he was integral in that system the other night. I think, I think they will gamble with it there. You think Dyke's but, got a bit of a Mourinho mind games in him? Yeah, of course. It's a derby. It's one of the biggest derbies in world football. Why, why, would, why wouldn't you? Why not use your resources? The bobble put stuff out there. People believe it. So, you know... Yeah, I'm not saying he. I'm not saying he doesn't spit facts by any means. I'm just saying, usually, if if it's coming out of the club, the perception of people is, oh, this is factual. Yeah. So maybe, maybe someone writes out and and Bobble says, yeah, I'll go, I'll go along with it. Yeah. Or maybe it's real and it's just a tightness. It's not saying that he's he's a doubt. He's not out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So how many times has he been a doubt? He's been a doubt a few times this season and started. Um, I would. I'm not going to go on the overdrive worrying about that. I think that system we played the other day. It'll be the exact same team. I think it was fantastic. They'll be drilling it. Calvert Lewin yeah. has been let down by this club. I don't care what anybody That's says. Hard to slam blue in the face. He has been let down by the club because he yeah. should not. It should not all be on him. The yeah. way his body is broken down and he's been rushed back and this, that, and the other. The way he was pressured to play under Benitez when mm-hmm. he wasn't fit and he wrecked himself. So. None of this fault lies with him. He's never been able to recover properly. Yeah, I'm sort of back to defending him. We should be planning without him, and he should be a luxury. Yes, 100%. But there should be a centre forward there. You know, we were trying for Gokrez, 17 million. Why was one player in the championship the option? We yeah. talk about all these players everywhere. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not put I'm not putting this on Calvert-Lewin. I refuse to. Um, I really do. I think yeah. he will play. I think Sims, with all due respect, is a bit of a mad shout to give him his, his full start and debut proper against the, you know, after coming back uh, against Liverpool. That's, that would be absolutely careless and mad. Yeah. Never know, though. I, I, I'm not coaching those players daily, so maybe he could do it, but I just think that's a mad one. But if Calvert-Lewin isn't, isn't fit, I don't know what we'll be able to deliver. Um, yeah, no more we'll pay is great at being a, an art arts and Liverpool are all over the place. Alexander Arnold, he's, he's all over the show. Robertson's not at himself. You nearly think that they're missing something. Gomez and Matip the other day were all over the place, all over the place, shambolic. I think yeah. actually Matip's injured now, so Phillips might come in, which Phillips in against Calvert Lewin. Phillips is already, he still is busted. I think he's a decent centre half, he, but he's a salmon. He wins, he heads everything, which isn't good against Calvert-Lewin because that'll be a big, big battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But look, anyway, it's, it's Liverpool and they're playing shite. So let's just get under them. Form <laughs> goes out the window. We need to remember that too. Form does go out the window in a derby. It does. Um, it does. So that can stand well for both of us and we could see a very good game of football. But um, yeah, 
by no, by no means was that a slight in the bobble too. They're they're, they're good lads. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Who knows? It could be a wee bit of. Um, let's raise some doubts. Let's, let's raise Liverpool's expectations. Let's see if it leaks and let's see if they plan for something else. And yeah. then Calvert Lewin, boom, and the starting lineup, cool. ready to go. Maybe yeah. he is raring to go. Maybe he says, "Right, you've done your sixty minutes, and we're pulling you out." Yeah, but it's interesting. It's just that things come out. Yeah. No. Go on. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying, like you know, it's a poker face. Yeah, I, I'm trying to be optimistic this week. I just think it's, I think it's a bit of shade from the club, and if it is, in fact, I like it, and it's a bit more. Yeah. So definitely, the ginger Simeone strikes again. Simeone, but um, <laughs> it's funny yeah. though. The bubble did actually say at the end of that tweet, um, "Scan results revealed no major injury." However, Calvert Lewin is still feeling discomfort. Yeah, there's confidence, but again, it's that pressure. There should be someone else. He yeah, should be allowed be. to get to where he needs to be, and he's never been allowed to get fully fit. Mm. And again, it comes back to us just being so passionate and knee jerk, oh, panic stations. Just, just chill, just chill out. If he's there, he's there. If he's not, there's nothing we can do anyway. Yep. Let's just hope. Well, has been like doing shitting drills nonstop Let's or something. He got stretched in training, and he's now six three because. I don't know what we do to be honest with you. Um, Torture rack. I mean, you never know. It could be one of Dice's things. I haven't <laughs> since 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 last since it was sort of tired of Lampard to stop watching those training videos and stuff. But I can imagine Sean Dice's could be like the medieval torture museum in Amsterdam. Just boys <laughs> being stretched, hung, drawn, and quartered, and everything. That's a warm you up. So who knows? Definitely. Um, so yeah, and Andrew, what about Abdelai the call right now? Because we know he played an absolute blinder and he ran the most out of any of our players um, have all done this season in that game in particular. Would you start Decore? Does he, does he deserve another start? Don't trust him yet. Um, I'm, I just got hurt too badly by Gomez Brentford uh, for Frank's new manager bounce. Uh, Cause right after that, he was awful again Yeah. Um, with the pressure that Liverpool put on, even though their midfield is lacking severely at this point, just their style of play. I still don't trust him under pressure to pick out a pass that he completes. Okay. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong, but I am mm-hmm. still very nervous about his consistency. Yep. To be fair to him, he, he does tend to play okay in a derby, especially at Anfield. You remember that one with Hammers and, and he actually won the header for Hammers to control to play through to Richardson. And yeah. I, I think he's I think he's okay as long as he doesn't do anything stupid by this eighteen yard box. Um Shane, what about you with the core, mate? Would you throw him straight in? Is that, yeah. Are we playing that three man midfield? I, I mean I, I didn't even see him being here past January with the antics yeah. he was pulling at City, but then obviously that could have been something to do with Lampard. Yeah. Um but yeah, if if you're playing that three, I think it's it's gotta be um it's got to be gay, um, gay O'Nana and Decore, I think. Yeah. You got that energy and that. But, uh, I, I don't think, I, I, you know, I, I, I've got high hopes for, uh, again, for Tom Davis under Dice. Yeah. But I just don't think it's, you know, Gay said about put, throwing Sims in. I don't think you can throw him in against Liverpool as his first game back under Dice anyway. Yeah. No, you could be right. What about you, Graham? Um, I'm with Andrew, and I'm not <laughs> in the sense that I completely yeah, agree. Defense. I agree completely in what he's saying. Like in, I mentioned it earlier, I don't trust any of these players. You know, it's one game. 
let's see, yeah. let's see it come again. And he's completely right there. Mm-hmm. What I do think is that the Corey, and I, again, the ball's bouncing off his shins. I think that's just going to be a thing where it does be misplaced and, and, and there will be issues there. But I do think, I do think he suits what Dice is looking to do. So yeah. I, I think it's going to be the same midfield. Realistically, I can't see anything changing unless it's forced. Mm. But so I, in that sense, where I would disagree is I, I would definitely have him in because it suited that style and it's fresh. And we've always seen Abdullah Decore play his best under a new manager. You yeah. know, it, it, that, it, it, that bit where he played really well under under Benitez and then under Ancelotti at the start, he was really, really good and sort yeah. of dropped off. So this is prime Decore time, realistically. Um, it is, but yeah, as Andrew says as well, we we just can't we can't fall back in love and just assume the best ring. And and I'm very glad he said that. And he's on that mindset. Approach with caution with all mm. of these, with all of them. So, yeah. but Definitely. yeah, get him on, get him on, because just having Onana, Onana's growing, and that 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 was a really good fit. I actually listened to the County Road Bobblers podcast today. Yeah. as always. Great podcast, really, really enjoyed listening to that. Al Myers was on it, and they were talking about there was murmurs from inside the club where the Courier was speaking to French players in French, and he, and apparently he was um, questioning Lampard. He was one of the main people, so yeah, definitely. They were talking about maybe he is one of the the senior heads in the dressing room, and mm-hmm. he just wasn't happy, and he was making it clear. And you know what? I don't agree with sitting in a ball for twenty minutes when you should be warming up to help a team, regardless. Mm. Um, and maybe then, that's he was trying to send a message to the fans. By that's way. that's what I mean. Yeah, but obviously it was the wrong message was yeah. picked up, and yeah. and you can't fault anybody for that because we all tried to back Lampard, mm. and just you know it's like that girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever that you're with and you're so in love with them for so long, and then you break up and you sort of look at it and be like, right, they they weren't the clean version is they weren't the person I thought they were, and you know what that that's sort of how it's been with Lampard. The hearts have fell out of our eyes and we're looking being all really wasn't that good. Yeah. He wasn't nice yeah. guy and all, but he, he just wasn't. Mm. He had everything. Nearly like Ben Godfrey at centre half. He had everything <laughs> but the courage with it. Everything but <laughs> Andrew must be listening to me because he's react. To defend but I was gonna say keep keep it the same unless you sign us go tomorrow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely, but um, like, yeah, but like, ultimately, yeah. in that system, it works. But again, we go back to depth. Our best mm-hmm. system, albeit one game, is is that system. The drop-ins, yeah. Davies for Ghana, the centre halves can interchange. You assume they'll work anyway. Mm. Patterson for Coleman, Michaelenko seems to be. He's lucky he has someone under him that doesn't seem to be able to get a game. Um, even if they brought a full bag of footballs and they allowed four four more people on the pitch at once, I don't think he'd be one of them. So, and then up front, then we're we're so thin as well. And on the wings, it's we lose Gray or yeah, or Gray or, or McNeil. We're, we're we'll be pulling Dobbin back for for God's sake. So we have nothing else. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, just pray that if Calvert Lewin needs to just do that job for sixty minutes a game and train three times, two or three times a week, just roll with. Just roll with because our hands are tied and we are up against colossal odds. So yeah, I think we have to back the team. I don't think it needs mentioned and I don't think you didn't need the rally crowd, as I said in the previous pod, but we'll not boo. We can't afford to boo a sloppy pass. So, you know, we just have to push and push and we shouldn't have to. 
we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to greet buses anymore. We shouldn't have to keep going the extra miles, not the extra mile. But we do, and we will in all our, in all our own ways. Obviously, yeah. there's the diehards there, unbelievable, that are ultras that do everything. Mm-hmm. But um, just as fans in whatever way we can, it's just back, back them, back them, back them. So. Yep, definitely. Um, it's interesting, Dyche actually said during the week, he's someone I've always liked and thought he could fit into what I thought appropriate. So I think he's been watching him for a while and thought, do you know what? I, I can do something with him. And he said... It's like Rex Shetois just running through people. Because when he's in yeah. form and he plays that way, he's, he's, he's quite exciting. He's a, he's was a, the other day. A as a trio, they were, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He says he always trains with a smile on his face as well, which is good. I've no doubt that Deitch will... The thing is with Deitch, we, we've only seen one game and we don't know... Like we're talking about systems and, and what he would play. and this, we, we don't know because we've only seen... Yeah, but we've still seen more than we did ever under Lampard. Yeah, well, yeah, hundred percent, me, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I've no doubt that he will prepare, like he will do his his research, diet, and he will, you know, prepare with with his tactics and everything, and and he'll do what he thinks is best. And I've complete confidence in him after that Arsenal performance because, let me tell you, the Arsenal performance, even the Arsenal fans are saying that's the first game this season where we got absolutely outplayed, and. Fit. That's all down to Dice and his and his tactics, and you know being brave with with the decisions like the Corey. But Graham, you mentioned Mikalenko earlier on. Um, do you think he should start in the derby if Mohamed Salah's on that wing, or do you think that should go to Godfrey? Maybe Salah's still in his pocket, isn't he? Should be, yeah, definitely. That's, That's, a, bold statement. That's a bold <laughs> statement. Um, well, you seen against Saka. Don't get me wrong, Saka got on, and when Saka got away from him, Saka Saka was able to show the other day. I think Saka's a phenomenal young player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, he should. He's match fit. He's tested. I think he can work with with limited uh, limited requirements from him. Mm. Do your job. He'll be he'll be studying all week. He'll have had what he studied last last season. Um, yeah, sensible. He's been up against them before. It won't be a shock to the system. Salah hasn't been pulling up any trees. Touch wood. But yep. um, yeah, this is this is this is a wounded wounded animal. This Liverpool team, but an animal is at the most dangerous when they're wounded. So yeah, definitely. You have to uh, just be cautious. But look, we'll go out there. I I'm optimistic. I think we're going to see a better performance than we've seen there in the last twenty years. Realistically, I think not not better, but I think we're going to see one of the better. I'm really really optimistic. Hopefully. Thank- Dice knows how to go at this. Um, and with this new manager left and blah, 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 all this crap, and if we can have Calvert-Lewin on the pitch. He has already beaten Liverpool with Burnley as well. Yeah, and as I say, if Calvert-Lewin does play and he can stay on Gomez and keep away from Phillips, you, know, mm-hmm. you could see him. Uh, and when they play, it will be in the right, McNeil on the left, and they're able to express themselves they did in that other, the way they did in the other game. But we could really see something good. I really, really do think that. So... I'm quite optimistic. A lot of the copites and work are rattled. I'm all over them already. Um, so don't let me down because I've been doing some slabbering already. <laughs> <laughs> You're all in, mate. Absolutely all in on this. 100%. Um, I, I can't not be, though. It's Derby week. I, I get so excited, man. I swear. I just, yeah. Biggest yeah. mouth going, you know. Yeah. And in case you haven't noticed, in case you're deaf. Well, the, well this, this is where it's at its most dangerous. I mean, I don't think I, a lot, there were a few fans that were optimistic before the Arsenal game, but I don't think any of us expected to play the way we did and win the game on top of that. 
you know, if we were going to win the game, might have been like from a scrappy or not, and we'd have hung on. But the performance we put in makes this so dangerous now that we're expecting. Well, it gives you hope because you, you're sitting saying that these players, and sorry, someone jump on, please. I know I'm hogging the mic here, but if we're playing so toothless, yep. someone comes on, actually, you know, reps, reps the stitching of those lips open, and you see we actually have teeth with a better system and a better structure, regardless mm-hmm. if you're all in for dice or if you're if you're just not formed, you have to look at it and say, we had a core purpose in that game. We had yep. structure and we had yep. identity. And we have been craving, I know personally as an Everton, I've been craving identity. Yeah, of course. And that was, that was just tasting the best drink in the bar there. That was just, that was a fine whiskey. And you're like, Jesus, I want more. I just want more. I'm not going back to that push. I want this. Yeah. If I can see Everton churn out displays like mm-hmm. that for the end of the season and we can survive, I'll be all on. I will be all on for him until, until well, I'm not. So let's not forget this group of players, barring Gordon, got a nil-nil draw at Goodison under Frank. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let's not forget that. I mean, it, it's doable. I mean, yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're, they're not. Home advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. they're not. Uh, they won't. They're not coming in like the. Martinez side saying, right, well, they get more than four again today, or, yeah, you know, uh, they're coming on with it with a bit of hope. So, yeah, we could have yeah. won that game as well. I think we had a, a couple of nice chances there. And, yeah, Vard off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, are you saying Liverpool benefit from VAR, Andrew? How dare you? <laughs> you can't say that. You can't say anything. Statistically? No. I learned this week you, you, you're not allowed to say anything, or they'll start tweeting about you and make fun of your dog and everything. <laughs> true story by the way true story Gabby bastards you know yeah um yeah moving on then um and I, I just want to mention this um a shout out that we had obviously we, the the post that you put out earlier on asking for comments and things and dms and we did get a couple um i just want to pick one of them stephen guinness thank you so much for this one this is this one really intrigued me actually because um he's talking about the fear factor that has plagued us in derbies over the past and Shane, do you think Deitch, who has already won at Anfield, do you think he can change the mentality for us in derby games moving forward? Hundred um, percent. He's the you know he, he's the type of manager that like you know we've already seen it with the training and the stuff like that, and he's already said like no matter what the game is, sort of thing that he wants hundred and ten percent out of all of them, and they, they're doing it for the fans as well as like for the for the bad shows of thing and yeah um and i think there's you know he's he's got a few of them players in there who he's dealt with before you know, Tarkovsky and McNeil but then i think there's a lot of our players as well that suits the way he the way he plays and stuff so um, yeah. i think you know, it's like the the optimism is is that that you're not fearing them as much Mm. Like uh, like Andrew said, we got the nil nil draw early in the season, and that was probably with a stronger Liverpool side and the yeah. same side as we've got now. Yeah. Um. But and like me, myself, I was more optimistic about the Liverpool game than I was the Arsenal one. And now mm-hmm. that we've beat Arsenal, I'm even more optimistic about this about this derby. <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous. But no, but yeah, I. You, I don't. I don't think. I mean, we always say you, you can't go into them games, but then you know. It, Teams of the past have pulled out performances like the ones with the Liverpool's youth team when Curtis yeah. Jones scored that goal, and, and you know 
it sets mm. you back. It does that little that that little bit more than what a, a normal defeat does as well. Um, yeah. But you know, there, there'll be a section of the fans that will still expect us to lose the game, so they won't take much. Yeah. Hate, hate from it, so to speak, and then I mean, you you know, like Gray, I suppose. Where you've got your diehards who, who are so emotional, and that if we do lose it, it'll be someone's head will be uh, on the chopping board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was like, we're just saying, like, with, with, like, with Michelenko before, I think, like, God, Godfrey, I think if you've got, if you have, like, the way Andrew likes Godfrey and uh, the way he plays, if you'd have him at left back, and then you've got the two solid centre halves of Cody Tarkovsky, and then you've got the older head of Coleman. Yeah. I no one likes Godfrey just... like I do. No one. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's a it's a more solid backline anyway, and then that's the mentality that if Dice is putting into it, that you're going to get more out of that. Yeah. Back four. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Andrew, would would you agree? Do you think? Do you feel like Dice? Because he doesn't seem to be. We've seen that little clip of him um, with the little spat that he had with Klopp um, in Enfield a few a few years ago. Do you feel like Dice can? pushes forward in, in the mentality way, or do you feel like we're still approaching things in a very Moyes-esque manner with a knife-to-a-gunfight approach? I don't think that's quite the case. I think Daesh knows what he has, but he is in a situation where he is forced to ignore it. Yeah. Whereas Moyes had been around for long enough that he just kind of made peace with it. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a you know a timing issue. Mm. And who knows what happens if we have Daesh in five years. Jesus Christ, that would really irritate me. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> I think Moyes had just kind of gotten burnt out at that point. He was tired of not cracking that ceiling into yep. the top echelon. Yeah, definitely. Graham, what about you? Do you feel, uh, I, I go back to the ginger Simeone type thing. Do, do you feel like he could, he could be that guy? Men, men, mentally, I'm talking about, obviously not to that. I way. think he has that drive yeah. with all due respect to Burnley and all due respect the. Sean Dyche and all due respect to like obviously people like Andrew who just have watched them and aren't fans of it. You, you know, and it's so easy to go tit for tat. And as we say, it's easy to, to pull one thing up and say, like, hey, look what they did here. But you know, there's a hundred dollar things Andrew could look for and just pull up and say, Well, no, I'm not convinced because of this. But I do think that with him having this crop of players, the pressure of this club, these these are things that could all pull the best out of him. You know, as you say. Maybe against Arsenal, he's he's wanted his Burnley teams. They play that exact way. He keeps talking about it. He has his old notes. You know, he, I have this, and I, I'm aware of this, like, you know, where their fitness level should be, and he'll know how to take on teams at the core as long as he still have those cores of last year. Do you know what I mean? For how, they, yeah. how he would set up those mm. scouting reports and whatever else. So I think he is at a – this is – I think it's really hard to judge him on his past. Mm. And this is leaning towards my own narrative because you could argue that you could purely judge him on his past because that's a CV, which is 110% fair. Um, but I, I just think I, I would love to give him the freedom to, to, see, to see how he can express himself with these players, with these better players, with better players potentially we can attract. Yeah. We can fit what he wanted to do. You know, his limited budgets, this, that, and the other for what he'd done there were... were fantastic in a sense albeit there was two relegations and two promotions in there but mm. or three but, but I don't know I, I, I just 
have an underlying excitement. I don't think he had. Uh, Andrew touched a great point where, like, you know, Moyes maybe made peace with it. Yeah. Like it was, it was a mute, but it was sort of clapping my hands state there where, where I don't think Dice would settle for it. I, yeah. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he's going to do his thing and try and not be that, but I think he'll take the game to them. I really do. I really do. Um, so, in that sense, in terms of Godfrey for Michalenko, I can see the sense in that. Um, you're getting that strength there because Michalenko is not expected to get up that far. It then limits the amount of pitch that Dwight McNeil has to cover, albeit though they're going to be single. He will be tracking back. He's going to have to, obviously, especially with Trent Alexander-Arnold. But obviously, mm-hmm. if if, if uh, Salah is cutting in, you've got Godfrey on his right foot. Mm-hmm. There, you know, it's the primary foot to try and stop the ball. So there's all those things, but we're not paid to make those choices. We just come on here to chat shade about it and see, see how we feel. But... Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I just want to give the benefit of the, of the doubt instead of being, you know, you know, maybe focusing on, on certain certain negatives. And that's not me saying all oh, people can't do it by all means. Like and me and Andrew, we've we've had her back back and forth on it before. Um for a while. I, I was fanta- I fantasized about the BLC BLC appointment. And then in reality, I was like, Jesus, could you imagine the circus then it could potentially be? Albeit it'll be entertaining, but we don't need to be conceding. We need cheeky one nils like we had the other day. The only thing yeah. that reaffirms this argument slightly in my favor, in my opinion, would be just the case of we got that result against Arsenal, so we can sort of maybe press and, and ram more at that. But imagine, just imagine, right? So it would be class if we'd take a point there. That's four points where we assumed they were throwaway games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Imagine we got imagine we got the one. Imagine that. Jeepers. That would be something. You know, you're smirking because if we did, what a springboard. The way yeah. the results are at the bottom half no, of the no, table. No one, no one ever we'd lose to Leeds and Villa straight after that. But even at that, even at that though, <laughs> you're such a wanker. But even at that, <laughs> even at that. I've been scored. Even at that Imagine then the optimism. Like we're talking about that nil-nil against Liverpool. They're depleted with injuries. And yes, I'm saying you know they're a wounded animal. Just be very careful. We we can't think other oh, in the ropes. Swing, swing, swing windmills with arms open. We, we know defense. Yeah. Players like Onana was in, you know, coming in and he was still very much like a young horse learning to run. Yeah. We've seen it at times. You look at the confidence who's out of him now. Ghana looked like he knew what he was doing. The Corey's kind of up for it. Dwight McNeil, we had our best performance from him. The, the one good performance from him ever in that last game. He looks like he got the system. You had Damari Gray. We had, you had one player in depth on the bench, realistically. Well, mm-hmm. if you want to say to him, Mopai, because he came in and he, he completely killed the game. Like, he just upset Arsenal. He, he just... Arsenal fans recording themselves walking down the street wanting to be locked in a room with him to, to fight him. <laughs> you know, he rattled them. He proper rattled Arsenal yeah, fans. Yeah. I drive home, they work. And he was giving off that fucking name open. I was like, these are so rattled. So if we can keep, you know, Leicester were able to, they had two performances, uh, one for each half of the season. They conceded like fucking scored like fuck. And then yeah. that one then they just locked it up, long ball, Vardy scored, and they won the league. So I'm not saying we're on the league. I'm not saying we're going to go the rest of the season unbeaten. But what I'm saying is we have a formula that worked and wasn't bad on the eye. Mm. Regardless, we're we're on this shit together. 
with no centre forwards and Sean Dice is our manager. You can either kick and scream or you can just embrace it. So me, I'm just trying to embrace it. Because don't get me wrong, there's plenty of things I could just still be ranting about and losing the head over. But I ju- I'm just going to try and be a new me and, and yeah. get back, back everything yeah, as much as I can apart from the yeah. board. Because the board are getting all my... Because they'll crack up. They'll, they'll, they'll do son and I'll just save all my anger for that. Yeah, sorry for anyone who's who's tuned in to see if Graham would lose it on today's pod. It's not <laughs> happening. You're disappointed. Um, maybe maybe on Monday after the game, we'll see. Um, <laughs> maybe. Well, what about the other side, Andrew with Seamus Coleman? Do you think? I mean, he, to be fair to him as well, he does play very well in the derby. Um, do you have any concerns over him? And you know, no. Adobe on that right hand side, yeah. No, I really don't. Uh, not under Dyche. So to contradict myself, uh, <laughs> I just I think Dyche's system is built to cover any such deficiencies in athleticism. Yeah, that might well that definitely exist, honestly. But <laughs> he's got a cool head. He knows how to play in a derby, and we will be set up to double up, and that's that's what matters to me in this case. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I've no doubt. As I said before, Dyche will do his research and is you know his planning and preparation and and his scouting and he'll be sitting there watching all the games of Liverpool this season and the teams that have beaten them have only had maybe 25% possession it doesn't matter Brentford Bulls you know Brighton teams like that they don't have much possession Liverpool have a lot of the ball but it does not matter I think we but, only had one thing well, we'll say as well, just to touch on that, because that, yeah. that might have felt like I was just you know, me and Andrew because we've we've been so back and forth about this. But one thing I will say is I, I agree with the fact that's fine at Liverpool. I'll take twenty five percent in the one. Yeah. But I will say I would like to see us express ourselves more in games and have more possession. That's one thing I will back and I will agree with Andrew on is the fact that I don't want to be just Talk done, but then we weren't. We were expansive against Arsenal. Well, we did play yeah. it long at times, and I'm not going to take that away from it. But yes, I don't want an ugly game. We might have to do it, mm-hmm. but long term, ugly game, unless we're getting loads of wins off it, yeah. Then we'll hear fans and probably myself pipe up being realistic because mm. that's yeah. what I'm all about realism. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we weren't putting 10 behind the ball like it was we almost no. played like liverpool in defense except 20 yards back from where they do it it yeah. was that intercepting interrupting mm-hmm. pressuring get the fuck out of here kind of play yeah. just a little deeper than you would think but we weren't just waiting and booting we were making things happen for ourselves and making sure they couldn't get their game on so yeah it should it should work and i'm yeah, very it, happy it's when that, that doesn't work i agree with you it's when that doesn't work i do agree with yeah. you there that's yeah. the thing that's the thing. I, but I, I just, I just think that pe- people are going to be surprised by me. I, I do, you know, do, I do. I, that's the other thing. I do as well. I think I, you can. I heard so many, so many shouts of like people. Like it was, uh, I, w- I was watching a football show, and it was of all people, Newcastle fans, and they were saying that he, he's the modern day Sam Allardyce, and it's just not the case. That's no, not all. the same, no. It's just not, and it's like, like going back to like the, the question of the fear factor. I, I, I think, like, you know, there's that small clip of when he was on Sky and he was saying, like, they said to him, like, what, what do you think about, like, you know, being basically called this, like, long ball merchant or whatever? And he was like, whatever, I'm not, like, bothered. They can call me that. 
Yeah. Like, and like, you know, all the little things that you said about like him rattling the um, clock. Yeah. I, I just think, I think he, 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 like, he revels in it. And I don't think he's, he's asked one bit at all. Yeah. And I think, I, I think you'll probably see, you probably will see better performances off the back of a few games that I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about this, like this game. I was uh, touching as well on like Coleman. I just think like he, he's now like that. He's like the heart of that team, mm. and he's played in so many derbies now as well. Yeah, and it's just like he, he he's. I've I've been one of the the people to slate him, especially last. I think it was like the probably like the the first half of last season. Mm-hmm. But he's just so he's just Mister he's Mister Reliable, and he's just um yeah. I'm less concerned about that side than I am the left side. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that actually. Um, yeah. Well, there we go. We'll have to wait and see on Monday. It could be a completely different reaction. We do not know, but hopefully. <laughs> We'll do as proud, or they'll do as proud, I should say. Um, but yeah, Graham, Andrew, Shane, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we'll see you for the reaction after the game. Now it's time for a quick word about our sponsor, Manscaped. Big thank you to the guys over at manscaped.com for sending some products for us to check out. Manscaped are the best in the business when it comes to men's below the waist grooming products. I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've used it on my beard actually, and I'm blown away by how cool and how good this lawnmower 4.0 is. You really do make precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And it basically looks like an F117 stealth bomber for your balls. It looks that good and comes with its own little wireless charging stand, which looks like something Batman would use. So yeah, it's pretty sick. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and it's a game changer. Inside you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker for your ears and nose, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxes and the travel bag to hold all that good stuff. The ball deodorant especially guys is an absolute game changer by the way, you need it, trust me. The lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and it's waterproof. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology the lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000k led spotlight if you need a more precise shave the performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker nose and ear and ear trimmer and the weed whacker is also waterproof and also has manscaped skin safe technology as well which helps reduce nicks snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped box, Boxes and Travel Bag. It's time to take care of yourself, so join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer for you, get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EAW20 at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family and maybe even Evertonians you just meet in the street. 
Don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching EAW Podcast. And if you've anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at the EAWPodcast at gmail.com.